What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Larson. In this episode, we're going to preview week 10 of the college football season. I'll start off with the BC game at Syracuse, which is tonight at 7.30. Boston College has won four games in a row. They've completely turned the season around after a rough start. Syracuse started the season 4-0, and they've lost four in a row now, so now they're 4-4. So they're on two different ends of the spectrum. BC started the season cold, now won four in a row. And then Syracuse was the complete reverse. Starting the year very hot. And they've been very cold as of late, as you can tell. But as for BC, they've been led by quarterback Tommy Castellanos, who's been great on the air, especially running the ball. He's averaging 193 passing yards per game, 11 passing touchdowns, 7 interceptions, has 673 rushing yards on the air, averaging just about 84 per game, and has 9 rushing touchdowns, or 20 total touchdowns for him on the season. He was quite a pickup for BC in the transfer portal. And then Kai Robicho, great running back for BC. He's been brilliant, 71 yards per game on the ground, and also has 6 rushing touchdowns on the season. BC's pass rush does need to get better. Last week, they did suffer a major blow, though, losing Sheeta Salah. He went down with an injury. According to Jeff Halfley, he is walking around and did have a doctor's appointment this week. Hopefully, Salah is back at some point. As you guys know, I'm a big fan of him, and I'm a friend of his, so always rooting for him to do well. On the year, BC's defense has 11 quarterback hits and 10 sacks. That's obviously something that needs to change. BC's best defensive player has been Elijah Jones, who has three interceptions on the season, leading the team. He has been great, especially over the last few weeks. Then the best tackler is Vinny DePalma, leading the team in tackles with 57. BC had a nice win last week over UConn, 21-14. Closer game than it had to be, but at the end of the day, BC did pick up the win. They had 433 yards on offense, but two turnovers. That's a big difference maker in the game. UConn only had 222 yards on offense, but BC had two turnovers, and UConn had none. So that was a big difference maker in the game. BC was led by Kai Robichaux on the ground, two rushing touchdowns and 112 yards on the ground. Tommy Castellanos had 151 passing yards, a touchdown, a pick, and a fumble. Wasn't his best game passing or running the ball. He did have a fumble in that one. But still good enough to get the win, which is obviously most important at the end of the day. Syracuse has won two games in a row versus BC, but they've lost the last four games this season, as I said, coming into this game. Syracuse is averaging 26 points per game in offense. But they're giving up 24 points per game on defense. So just like BC, BC's averaging 28 points per game on offense, but also giving up 28 points per game on defense. Garrett Schrader has 189 passing yards per game on average. He's a quarterback for Syracuse. Nine passing touchdowns, five interceptions. Also has 316 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. He's really hurt BC India's pass with his legs running the ball. So that's something BC has to be better at tonight is tackling him in the open field. Syracuse's pass rush could give BC a hard time. They have 27 quarterback hits on the season with 22 sacks and 13 forced fumbles with six of those being recovered. Their best defensive player is linebacker Marlo Wax, who has been a big disruptor for them this season. Seven tackles for a loss, four sacks, and 67 tackles with four quarterback hits, a pass deflection, an interception, and three forced fumbles. He's been arguably one of the best players in the ACC overall on defense this year. He's been great for them. I'd say he's probably Syracuse's best player overall this year. And then they have another good defensive player in Leon Lowry, who has five tackles for a loss in the season and four sacks. I think BC will find a way to squeak out a win in this one. I think it'll be closer and more down to the wide than it should be. Even though Syracuse is favored in this one, BC is an underdog. I think BC is the better team. They're obviously coming into the game very hot. Syracuse is the home team. It's a night game, so usually teams do get up for that. But with Syracuse losing the last four games, BC really turning things around as of late. I think BC is going to find a way to win this one 27-23. I think the touchdown scorer of the game for BC will be Joe Griffin, and I think there will be an interception this game by Elijah Jones, who's been one of the best defensive backs in the ACC this season. Next up, we have number 23, Kansas State at number 7, Texas. Kansas State has won three games in a row. Their defense is giving up just 16 points per game, 14th best in all college football. Their quarterback has been good as well, Will Howard. 
14 passing touchdowns and 7 interceptions. And then their running back's very good as well. He's been dangerous. 722 rushing yards and 7 rushing touchdowns for their running back, DJ Giddens, on the air. Texas has won 5 straight games versus Kansas State heading into this one. Texas' quarterback is Quinn Ewers, who's been very good this season. 13 passing touchdowns and 3 interceptions. And then they have a very good wide receiver who will be a day-one pick in the NFL. 44 catches and 572 yards and 4 touchdowns on the air. And that is Xavier Worthy. He's a guy to keep your eye on in this one. Two of the best offenses in the nation going at it. Kansas State averaging 37 points per game. Texas at 35 points per game. Both defenses are very strong, giving up just 16 points per game. And honestly, this year in the Big 12, there's a lot of great defenses. And that's unlike the Big 12 in most years. It's a big narrative every year that the Big 12 loves those 51 to 48 games. But the defenses have been tough this year. There's no longer no defense in the Big 12. They, they've been tough. I think Kansas State pulls off an upset here, though, 27-25. Next up, we have number 15, Notre Dame at Clemson. Notre Dame has won two games in a row. They're now 7-2 in the season. Clemson has lost two games. Now they sit at 4-4. Four four. They've been on the downtrend as of late. Notre Dame's putting up 38 points per game in offense, giving up just 15 points per game on defense. They've been great both ways in the season. They have a plus-8 turnover differential in the year. Quarterback Sam Hopman has been electric. 236 passing yards per game, a 65% completion percentage, 18 passing touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and 2 rushing touchdowns in the year. Their best player overall is probably Audrick Estime, their running back. 100 rushing yards per game with 12 touchdowns on the air in 9 games. And then their safety, Xavier Watts, has been one of the best defensive backs in the country in the season. 7 pass deflections, 6 interceptions, a forced fumble, 39 tackles, and two tackles for loss in the season. Clemson's offense hasn't been as strong as it's typically been in years past, but they're still averaging 29 points per game, which is obviously very good, even though it's not what they typically are at. They do have 14 turnovers in the season, so that's been one issue for them is turning the ball over. The defense is still strong, though. 23 quarterback hits, 18 sacks on the air, with 21 points per game allowed. They have a minus three turnover differential, though, because the offense has been turning the ball over. Their quarterback is Cade Klubnick, who has 243 passing yards per game on average, with 13 touchdowns, five picks, and he's been sacked 16 times. Will Shipley, their running back, has been very good, 65 rushing yards per game, three rushing touchdowns, and two touchdown catches for five total touchdowns in the season. I think Notre Dame's a much better team, though. I've become a fan of them this season because of Sam Hotman. He's an exciting guy to watch, and then obviously the team as a whole has been good both ways. I think Notre Dame's going to win this game 31-24. Next up, we have number 9, Oklahoma, at number 22, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma 7-1 on the year. They just lost last week to number 21, Kansas, 38-33 in a great showdown, great game right down to the wire. They did beat Texas earlier this season, though, 34-30, so it does prove that they are one of the best teams in the country. That's why they rank number 9. Oklahoma's averaging 42 points per game in offense, but their penalties have been an issue this year with 56 total on the season. Their quarterback is Dylan Gabriel. He's been very good, 288 passing yards per game, 19 passing touchdowns, four interceptions. He's been very good running the ball, though, eight rushing touchdowns in the year. He's been one of the most electric quarterbacks in the nation. His top receiver in touchdowns is Nick Anderson, who has eight touchdown catches on the year. He's a guy to keep your eye on in tomorrow's game. The defense for Oklahoma has been holding opponents to 19 points per game. The defense also has 14 interceptions on the year, so it could be a tough day for the quarterback of Oklahoma State, and that is Alan Bowman throwing the ball. We'll see how things go there. As for Oklahoma State, they are 6-2 on the year. They've won four games in a row, putting up 31 points per game, giving up just 24 points per game. Their quarterback, Bowman, has 198 passing yards per game, eight passing touchdowns with five interceptions. Also has been sacked just four times, though, so it does show that Oklahoma State offensive line has been great all year long. And part of their offensive line being very good has helped, obviously, Bowman not get sacked. But also their running back, Ollie Gordon, has put up great numbers this season. He's one of the best backs in all college football. 136 rushing yards per game with 10 rushing touchdowns in the season. And then on their defense, Nicholas Martin has been their best player overall, putting up numbers each week and filling the box score. 83 tackles, which is number one on the team. Nine tackles for a loss, five sacks, a pass deflection, interception, and a forced fumble in the eight games played this season. 
He's been great all around. I think this one's going to be a fun one to watch. Maybe one of the best games of the weekend to pay attention to. I think Oklahoma will win this one, though, in a very close one, 30-27. Next up, we have number 12, Missouri, at number 2, Georgia. This is going to be a great matchup. I'm excited to see what this one looks like. Missouri's been a tough team all season. I've covered them a good amount on here. Probably talked about them probably four or five times now. They've won two games in a row, averaging 34 points per game in offense, giving up just 23 points per game on defense. The defense has been great at putting pressure on the quarterback. 26 quarterback hits on the season with 24 sacks. Their quarterback is Brady Cook, 283 passing yards per game, 70% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, 3 picks, and 5 rushing touchdowns. He doesn't run the ball too much, but when he does run the ball, he finds a way to pick up yards. He's very efficient at doing that, and he is very good throwing the ball, as you can tell by those stats. Georgia's 8-0 on the season, putting up 41 points per game in offense, surrendering just 15 points per game in defense. They're dominant as they always are. I doubted them before the season began, but they look just as good as they've been in years past. The quarterback is Kostin Beck, who I wasn't the highest on before the season began, but he's earned my respect. 73% completion percentage, 14 touchdowns, 4 picks. He's been sacked just 5 times on the air. They still have a great offensive line, as they have in years past. I think Missouri could pull off the upset here, though. I think it's going to be a very close one. I picked against Georgia a couple times this season already, and I was wrong both times, so I don't think I'm going to pick against the here, but I think Missouri could surprise them. If I could pick a team to be the upset team of the week that I'm going against, but I think they could upset them. I say I would say Missouri. I think they have a good chance here to be an upset win here, but I think Georgia will end up winning this one 30 to 26. Next up, we have number 11, Penn State at Maryland. Penn State 7-1 on the season. Maryland at 5-3. Maryland has lost three games in a row. They've been ice cold as of late. Penn State's averaging 39 points per game in offense, giving up just 11.5 points per game of defense. They've been one of the best defenses in the country all season long. Just great at every level whether it's their defensive line, their linebackers, and then their secondary. They have 36 quarterback hits in the season, 32 sacks, and a plus-nine turnover differential. Their quarterback is Drew Aller, who I've talked about here a good amount. 1,655 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, and a pick. They methodically chip away and move the ball down the field play-by-play. Not too many explosive plays for this Penn State offense, but they still find a way to put points on the board. As for Maryland, their quarterback is Tua Tagovailoa's brother, Talia. He has 275 passing yards per game in the year, 19 touchdowns, 6 picks. Also has used his legs very well. Four rushing touchdowns on the season. Maryland's defense has been solid. Just 20 points per game allowed, which is obviously very good. 28 quarterback hits, 26 sacks, and nine interceptions. I think Penn State's a better team, though. I expect this game to be closer than most people probably expect it to be. But I think Penn State finds a way to win this one 31-27. Next up, we have number five, Washington at number 20, USC. Washington is 8-0 on the season. They've been in a lot of close and one-score games as of late. They beat Arizona by seven in week five. They beat Oregon by week three a couple weeks after that. Then they beat Arizona State by eight. And then they beat Stanford by nine. So a lot of one-score games. I mean, Stanford last week was a two-score game, but it was closer than it probably should have been. Although Stanford has been playing tough as of late. Washington is still a top-four team in the country, in my opinion, though, even though they're ranked number five. I still consider them a top-four team in the nation. Michael Penix versus Caleb Williams is going to be quite a show to watch at the quarterback position. I think Penix is the better quarterback. I consider the best quarterback in this upcoming draft. But this is two high-powered offenses going at it. USC putting up 46 points per game and 483 yards per game. And then you look at Washington putting up 41 points per game and 501 yards per game on offense. Their defense is giving up to 21 points per game, so they're great defensively as well. USC has hurt themselves defensively on the season. And then also with their offensive line and penalties, three big weaknesses for USC on the year, 74 penalties for USC, and they're also giving up 33 points per game. And as I said, their offensive line hasn't been great at all either. As for Michael Penix, he's averaging 368 passing yards per game, a 69% completion percentage, 24 touchdowns passing with six interceptions, five sacks. He won't beat you outside the pocket scrambling. He's just a great pocket passing quarterback, very good IQ, makes a lot of great decisions. I consider the best quarterback in this upcoming draft. This will be a great showdown to watch against Caleb Williams, who's averaging 294 passing yards per game. 
He has a 68% completion percentage, 25 passing touchdowns, four interceptions. He has been sacked 25 times on the season. So as I said, that USC offensive line has struggled. He has nine rushing touchdowns on the year. He can beat with his legs as well. I think Washington wins this one 38-30. I think it'll be a very high-scoring game. And I think Michael Penix will have four touchdowns in the game. If you look at his receivers, he has Romo Dunze, who's going to be a top 12 to 15 pick in the NFL draft. And then Jalen Polk is also another great receiver as well. I expect him to have a big day. I think Washington wins this one 38-30. Next up, we have number 14, LSU at number 8, Alabama. Another great showdown of ranked teams. LSU is 6-2 on the season. They've won three games straight. Their offense has scored a ton. One of the best in the nation all season, averaging 48 points per game, which is number one in the nation. Also, 553 yards per game in offense, which is also number one in the FBS. Their defense is giving up just about 27 points per game, 395 yards per game as well. They have not generated much pressure as they have in years past. Just 15 quarterback hits and 14 sacks. But they do have a plus six turnover differential, and that's because their offense doesn't turn the ball over that much. So credit to Jaden Daniels, their quarterback. 322 passing yards per game, 25 touchdowns, three picks, and a 73% completion percentage. Also has 65 rushing yards per game and five rushing touchdowns. Bama has to find a way to tackle him in the open field and contain him in the pocket. He's great when he gets outside the pocket and he scrambles. They have to find a way to limit him by getting pressure on him, leaving a quarterback spy on him. So if he does try to scramble... He's not going to get too many yards because that guy that's a quarterback spy is going to get him before he can get out into the open field. As for Alabama, they are 7-1 on the season, winning six games straight. They started off the shaky, but they've turned things around as of late. 31 points per game on offense, 367 yards per game on offense as well. Their defense has been good, giving up just 16.5 points per game and 306 yards per game. Their pressure has been great defensively, 37 quarterback hits, 28 sacks. They've been great in the red zone, a 78%. Red zone efficiency on defense. So one-fourth of the time a team gets in the red zone, they don't get any points. After their quarterback, it's Jalen Milrow, who has 231 passing yards per game, 13 passing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns, and five interceptions. He has been sacked 30 times, though, on the season. The Alabama offensive line has been awful. LSU hasn't generated much pressure, though. So something's going to give in this one. There's not much pressure from LSU in the season. And then Alabama's offensive line has been brutal. So it's going to be an interesting matchup to watch that LSU defensive line versus the Alabama offensive line. I think Alabama wins this one, though, 34-31. Next up, for the last game of the slate, we have 19 UCLA at Arizona. UCLA is 6-1 on the season. Arizona is 5-3, a very underrated team in my opinion, though. I've become a fan of them watching a couple of their games this season. They've been underdogs in just about every single game, but they've found a way to battle in every single one of them, and they fight night in and night out. They have two upset wins in a row over Washington State. They won that game by 38, and then they beat Oregon State last week by three points. I think they deserve to be ranked at this point. They lost by two to USC earlier in the year. They lost by just seven to Washington. And then they beat two ranked teams as underdogs against Washington State and Oregon State. Their quarterback's Noah Fafita, who started the year as a backup, but he stepped in due to an injury to their starting quarterback. Fafita has 11 passing touchdowns and three interceptions with 175 passing yards per game. The best wide receiver overall is Jacob Cowing, who has eight touchdowns on the season. Their defense has been underrated as well, giving up just 21 points per game. And then as for UCLA, they're giving up just 15 points per game on defense and 277 yards per game. They've been great as of late, especially 36 quarterback hits in the season, 31 sacks. As I said, they are 6-2 on the season, winning three of the last four games. I think this one's going to be a great showdown. Dante Moore, the quarterback for UCLA, has been good on the season. Not really mobile, 10 touchdowns, 7 picks, but he's been good enough to lead them to a 6-2 record. I think this one's going to be a very close game. I think Arizona pulls off an upset here, though, 35-28. Anyways, it will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys are a good one, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.